0: welcome to the one within all back to innerverse doing a fun chat today with my good buddy Bradley Philpot. Bradley is a shamanic healer and I mean labels are really annoying but there's a lot of stuff Bradley knows how to do that is in the realm of the metaphysical and the esoteric and the uh, healing capacities of Humans that are infinite creator beings and in touch with their source. And yeah, Bradley is a great example of that. Super loving dude, been a good friend of mine since we first connected to do a podcast episode, I don't know, like a year ago. And uh, since then, we've stayed in touch. And almost there's two. <laughs> almost two, you think? Is it? Wow. Yeah. Time flies. 2020 is weird. (laughs) But yeah, here's Bradley. Yes, it is. (laughs) Wildfire and Earth is where you can find him on social media. And yeah, uh, he's also got a great YouTube channel where you can catch all kinds of teachings and readings from him there. So what's up, Bradley?
1: Hey, how's it going, Chance? I'm doing good. How have you been? It's not always nice. I feel like we get to catch up on these chats, (laughs) kind of like fill in what we've learned since the last time we talked
0: yeah you're you're one of my friends that's like uh that I I get free shamanic reflection type of uh, energy boosting from you know like this can be this is practically like a, a session for me to be talking with, with you yeah and well, so it's cool that it, I get to record you know, this and bring it to the to the audience as well.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those things that you you can't shut off who you are. And, and, you know, I I tried for so many years and I would just end up having people like stop me on the street or, or in stores and just like, unload all of their whole problem their whole life on me and I was like I've got to figure out a way to where I can have people come to me versus you know just being randomly accosted in Costco (laughs) wow
0: this is actually you know what this is something that I've been learning about at a deeper level lately that would be a great thing Uh to talk about because I would assume that a lot of people in the crowd that listen to this show are either actually practicing healers of some kind or know that they have some kind of gift, but maybe aren't taking it into a practice level. But here's the, like, here's the topic that I find really interesting lately. And it is this dichotomy where the unhealed empath or the unhealed healer will attract vampiric uh, pathological narcissist type people, sometimes even full on psychopathic people that uh-huh. Why why does this happen? And then what does it take to shift from having that type of energy attract to you into attracting soul clients, where someone does yeah. have need of your energy, but they accept it in a way that's constructive and they evolve with co-creating a, a different story for themselves with you. You know, like not like right. They they heal themselves by by your example, as opposed to this is kind of my theory on it to answer my own question. But I want you to get into this because. They, I think they can heal themselves by the example of wholeness that you present, or you can uh-huh. be unwhole yourself and present someone that's powerfully unwhole because that's kind of like what space you're holding. But yeah, what do you think? Am I yeah. on to something with that dynamic? Uh,
1: I think you're pretty close. Uh, in my practice and kind of what I've been you know, unfolding, I think we all start off as the narcissist you know, and the unhealed empath, Um, because, you know, that's when we go through that time of when we're really doing a lot of spiritual work. And so we need that spiritual narcissism to help us uh, see ourselves truly. Um, There's an issue there, though, because some people start going through this awakening process and the spiritual process, and they think it gives them power. And so then they use it towards um, where in the past they have had power taken away from them, they begin to take power away from others in order to fill that void that we all have of wanting to be whole again. And it's it's an illusion, really, because I always tell my clients that a narcissist is an unhealed empath, and you know the simple phrase is hurt people hurt people, and so. They're coming from their level of understanding. I'm really starting to understand in 2020, there's no definite line between good and evil. It's very dualistic in our thinking, and we've got to get out of that. You know, no one is beyond spiritual lessons. It's just they see it from their perception where they are at that time. And so When you're bringing in those energies of narcissism or even to the extreme of psychopaths, it's because there's some sort of spiritual lesson that you're learning. You know, that you came here, you signed up to learn these lessons, you signed up to be a healer. And that a big part of that is learning to pick your battles. Because you may be a healer, but you're not everybody's healer. You know, sometimes they come to you in a journey to get to where they need to go. And you have to be okay with that as a healer and know that you can't heal everyone. In fact, you heal no one. They do it themselves. And so it's like you said, it's learning to maintain your own energy, even in the midst of diversity or someone completely throwing you off guard, you know,
0: Very good. And yeah, I think that what we're seeing with that phenomenon is the fact that a person wants to maybe jump into being a practicing healer. Not that you can't jump right into something like that right away, but they want to jump into that and make that the primary focus. And the great maxim is like healer heal thyself like that's all that actually needs to go down and then everything else can yeah. is going to flow automatically and whatever it is you're doing to heal yourself a lot of the people that attract to you that are ready for actual transformation are going to like reflect similar needs to what it was that you were just working on in yourself and that's how you know you're really in the zone yes um, i think if you're seeing yes. a lot of people and you're just hitting that flow state then it doesn't necessarily need to uh come out as something you recently dealt with but it's something you have dealt with almost at all points whenever someone comes to you it's like right. but uh, also there's this idea too that if if a person can't do it on their own through their own willpower sometimes nature steps in and that's why it's okay to be oh. able to say no and have like a healthy boundary with someone i want to tell a quick Kind of crazy story uh that i heard from some friends that they were doing like an odd job and there was another person hired on for this odd job and the guy had he was like a really nice and kind guy and seemed like kind of spiritually deep and wise but they found out this story about the dude that he had uh at one point been in prison because in a, a domestic dispute with his girlfriend who i think was maybe trying to kill him as well like that's how bad the conflict got yeah. that he acts <laughs> not accidentally he actually killed this girlfriend of his and got put to jail and while he was in jail except for some reason other prisoners like beat him up and smashed his head into concrete and gave him a near-death experience level of brain damage and anyway the reason i'm telling this gruesome story is because he came out the other side of it like a healed person that had a connection to god or spirit that started to be manifest at all times it sounds like i never met this person but it was just a story that stuck out with Uh me because i was like this is exactly what i think happens is that even if the person completely doesn't get a way to like do that through their own will something might happen that just forces the issue and that's kind of the karma boomerang that you can you can avoid Uh if you get on the right direction
1: willfully i think Right. And it's it's almost like uh, that idea of the dark night of the soul is what was coming up for me whenever you were talking about that, you know, about and it's in almost every spiritual practice that you study or read about. There's a moment where you have to dissimulate self. And, you know, in shamanism, there's that uh, when you're going through initiation, uh, one of your guides at one point is going to tear you limb from limb. And tear you apart. And, and, you know, for me, that was, you know, ripping apart the old Bradley uh, and letting go of those holds and ideas and thoughts that held me back. And so somewhere in that gentleman's life, he had the idea that, you know, there's this constant friction between love and, And, you know, hate and all of this stuff. And so that was his lesson to learn that as part of his Dark Night of the Soul. And it's, I have the most interesting and spiritual people always have the darkest paths. I mean, and, and I think it's because the people that are true healers are going to be thrown into darkness. And then it's their job to find the way out. You know, it's like no map, no nothing, just figure it out like a, you know, a crafting survival game. (laughs) Just you got to get out.
0: (laughs) You find out actually, once you get into the flow of that, that it's fun and it's not threatening and scary. That whenever you are, whenever you're going through the unknown, symbolically, that is you shining the lighthouse beacon of your conscious mind into the corners of the unconscious mind that is also you that's all it means and so obstacles aren't something that are a barrier to your journey they are the actual journey if there were no obstacles it they would are the be, journey uh, there would be no yeah. journey it would just be point a point b and there'd be just like you know you be entitled uh upper middle class college kids (laughs) all the time that like trashed their first apartment or whatever uh, because they're used to their parents paying for them for their stuff look I love those people too I'm not like hating on them but that's just part of it it was really easy for them to get that space to live in they didn't have to do anything so they Mm -hmm. didn't learn lessons that made them kind of worthy of that attainment and it's not like you can't
1: right they didn't work for tra- it
0: you parents can't transfer generational wealth in a way where the child is actually learning discipline and like gonna have wisdom with that and that's a different story so it's not like wealthy people are bad it's just like this entire entitlement society which is actually way deeper that word is way deeper than people realize because entitlement is the same thing that happens whenever you claim to own or claim to be the government identity of your name and all caps on the driver's license. That is actually an entitlement, not <laughs> so an entitlement is very close, close to like demonology and necromancy where you control a being by owning its name. And so there's a
1: and, connection and between bondage. entitlement and entitlement.
0: Yeah, <laughs> man. I don't yes. know if you heard that recent episode There's with Clint. I did a lot on that recently.
1: I did. I started watching it and I think I got pulled away. So I need to go back and finish it because that sounds very interesting to listen to.
0: <laughs> the real ego to kill.
1: <laughs> the yes. ID. I mean, and, and it's like it goes back to that dissimulation. You know, we have to realize that we're not who we thought we were you know we're not who the world wants us to be we came into this world uh, innocent bright uh, open and receptive to so many things and yeah it's always that funny thing I tell my parents of you know you taught me to walk and talk and then you spent the rest of my life telling me to shut up and sit down <laughs> and it's like you get this dichotomy almost instantly in western culture of you know you go you can't be a child and and it's funny that if you look at all of the religious teachings when you put them all together and you start gleaning that little thread of truth innocence is so important and it's almost like in our world we try to strip people of innocence as quickly as possible and once you do that i think it that's how that those darker spells and those you know that demonology starts to take hold on us because we start to accept the bondage that we are given you know it, it it's not they don't go against our free will it's a subtle slow you know deterioration of self So that we willingly, you know, say, sure, this is who I am. And, you know, so many times you ask someone, well, who are you? They'll tell you their job or who they're married to or where they go to church or, you know, whatever. That's not who you are. That is what you do. Who you are is completely different from that. And I think it goes almost all the way back to the dark ages. Of whenever they started burning, you know, all of those older ancient texts, that it just makes me so sad. Like, have you seen that meme about the burning of the Alexandrian Library? Like, you know, just things like that that we we lost all of that knowledge that was gathered by scholars. That I bet it's all under the Vatican. The real truth. Oh, I would, I, I would say so yeah, too. Yeah, sure yes. they burned it. Yeah, sure they
0: did. I bet they have it.
1: Yeah, no, they have it and they would not dare let any of the people know it because, you know, we think that the Dark Ages was just the time that they kept all that information from people and didn't let people read. But they really don't teach us how to read, you know, with discernment as you're learning with, you know, the bird language and the new green language that it's there's so many spellings and curses and hexes and blessings that we constantly use and they wrap us in this energy that just, it's, and I think that's why when you start on the shamanic path or the spiritual path, you have to be torn out of that and you have to have reflections in your life showing you of where those still have attachment to you. And so that's where the narcissist comes into play. Because I have this idea, I've I've really been studying with Dolores Cannon and and different authors like that. And um Dolores has this beautiful idea of that you know once we pass on from this life we get to the other side and we talk to everybody and we see our enemies and they're actually our best friends. And they were like, "Didn't I do such a good job like shooting you where you needed to go?" because when you hit that negative energy that they're putting off, it's a big, no, don't go this way, you know? And, and you might not have gotten that message if it wasn't the strong energy push from that. And it's phenomenal. I think spirit is, I think we're just now beginning to understand it and, And that's when off of the foundation of, you know, like the ancient uh, philosophers that we're building off of, and they understood it in a deep way. But there's so many spiritual truths that with our language, the way it is, we can't express it fully because it's lacking in some way.
0: I love it, man. Uh, So even I agree, actually, even when I talk about like sorcerers or people trying to do mind control and stuff. I'm not telling you to go hate those people. I'm just showing you part of of what you can say no to. Like when it comes down to it, what's Mm -hmm. missing for empaths is the boundaries thing, which is saying no, which is actually the sacred, the healthy expression of the sacred masculine is saying no. Mm -hmm. And what I love, I love this idea that the even you know, of course, nature allows for Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker. This is something that we can approve and observe. I mean, people do the Darth Vader thing for real and that it seems to be allowed, right? Like they're not being smote by God instantaneously. So, and also people that research this like between life state and with hypnotherapy and things like that, there's so much, uh, information that even if it's just coming from the person's deepest unconscious part of their mind, we can find the roots of agreement and belief that uh, bind us in a sense to all the experiences that seem to have been our destiny. So, one way yeah. or another, the, the chosen destiny is going to come along, whether it's because you kind of woke up to it yourself or you had to get your head smashed in and brain damaged so that the part of your brain that was structured wrong could just be like reset a little bit, which is a harsh way to go. But like you said, the um, even the super psychopaths that never kind of em- embrace empathy for themselves and for others and uh, constantly reject it, they are telling you where not to go. and. In an infinity, if we're all the the infinite consciousness, the same universal source consciousness, does it really matter to that infinite eternal entity if it plays out the role of Darth Vader for a lifetime? And it's like, well, from that perspective, uh, it's totally fine for them to live that lifestyle just for your benefit in this lifetime and it's not yeah. it's not saying that we like agree with or want to allow evil to exist or wouldn't prevent it if it was in front of us it's just like cuz sometimes that's part of the sacred masculine is not just saying no but like backing up that saying of no if it's in your in your right. space but uh it it doesn't mean that we have to hate like you can do all that and still love and have compassion for the being that you know like if a, a snake was uh attacking me and i had no choice but to kill it to keep my dog safe or something, I would be like, I appreciate you for what you are. And this is just what had to happen as our paths crossed in this lifetime. I appreciate the lesson, you know, it's, uh, yeah. And it's it's all about lessons.
1: Yeah, because I think what happens with especially with uh, clients that are dealing with depression or trauma or, you know, um, issues of powerlessness is that they give their power away by not learning the lesson, you know, because I think on some level, you plan every single thing that happens in your life for your soul's benefit and for your soul's nourishment and education, you know, if we are, like you said, a part of one cosmic source, that means we're that cosmic source trying to understand itself and express itself. So we go through many lifetimes, even in one lifetime, I feel that we learn different perspectives and we, we, we understand from where we're at on the journey. And it's up to us to apply those lessons and some people get stuck in why did this happen or why is this happening to me? And I, I, it's just such a simple change of perspective to shift it towards healing is why is this happening for me? Like, why did this happen for me? Because when you take ownership of it and say, you know, this is my life, I allowed this to happen on some level, then why? you know what what was that about what was this opening was it making me more uh, empathetic towards uh, you know victims of abuse was it making me more empathetic towards children and was it making me more empathetic towards different beings that are not me and it's because you're trying to understand and if we are all connected and we all play the same source that means even that narcissist is you in some level, in some capacity. So you have to ask yourself, why are they there? Like, especially with this Aquarian moon that we just had, a lot of us are starting to realize the importance of accepting and taking in our own lessons and accepting those. Is I think a lot of the times we reject them, and we we pray and we we pray from a place of you know uh, loss or desire or want. You know that's what we pray from, and so spirit. What's praying green language? Less than, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, pray, pray for what? That's, not, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but you know, you know, um, communing, I guess, is better with spirit because you're right. You do make yourself pray at some point and you don't know who you're talking to. You know, the priests and the pastors will tell you it's God, but uh, you know, if God is always listening, who's listening whenever you're just talking? There's all sorts of spiritual beings around there that can hear you and you're basically giving them information that they can use to either confuse you and, and lead you off your path because there are entities that are here to do that. They're here to test you.
0: I have a breakdown right help now on this, this whole thing. Yeah. I, I kind of diverted yeah. you accidentally, but now that we're here, some wheels just clicked over in my head. So
1: <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> Let's click over.
0: All right. So... I know a lot of people do want to say that prayer is super good, but when we use that word, we could be describing a lot of different things and what you're talking about communing. Some people might call that prayer, but when we look at prayer just by the definition of like, you're asking something greater than you to do something for you or to protect you from something or whatever at that point you, well, and usually it doesn't come in a form of a, like asking it comes in the form of like, do this please. So, You're trying to make a supplication to a being that's above you, and that puts you in a master-slave dynamic. An example also of how this can go wrong in the real world is, say, the thing that you're praying for that you think you need isn't really what you need, or it comes in a way that ends up not being what you wanted in the first place. Example. Every time I back in the day when I go to music festivals and I want to look for mushrooms, magic mushrooms, if I walked around asking people for them, most of the time what I would end up getting sold was something bonk that was just like regular mushrooms because I'm going around opening myself up to vulnerability by having something that I think I need that I think I lack. But then other times back in the day, I would be like, okay. If, I, if mushrooms are in my destiny for tonight, they'll just come to me in some synchronistic way. And then that would always happen too if I just made that my mindset. Uh-huh. So uh, I asked myself the question basically the difference is between asking and telling spirit, because when you're asking, you are as king. And whenever you yeah. are trying to make a command, you're creating a master slave dynamic. So you just ask yourself uh-huh. the best way of. I would even just take prayer out because basically that explains the dynamic. Take the word prayer out because uh, the fact that whenever you put yourself in a state of need and lack, something can come and take advantage of you and pretend to be fulfilling that need and actually just use you. That's how you become pray in that form of prayer. Yeah. Just asking questions of spirit, communing, talking back and forth with the inner voice. Well, all of that is empowering and creating like internal resonance between you and source So it's, I don't know why we would even need to keep calling that prayer because it has all these other connotations that are religious and also this, this dynamic of pray, prayer. (laughs) So anyway, that is a weird, a weird tangent, but I think it's super good to get into.
1: And I think that's why so many, um, of the Eastern tradition, you know, we're, we're still hung up on that prayer mentality (laughs) through the Catholic church and Western society is uh, whether Christians realize it or not, it all came from the Catholic Church. <laughs> it was total domination for them for quite a long time um, in the Western culture. But in Eastern culture, they still have that uh, thought and they they focus more on meditation, you know, listening, talking, uh communing with and and as you said, asking, not praying. Uh, because they understand how language works, because they see the whole picture. You can even see that in their languages how their their language is pictorial versus uh, phonetic, and so it's really important. And get that's getting back into phonetics of sound and and how you have to be very careful of the words you say and use. And I'm becoming more and more aware of that and unlocking some of those uh, spells that even I'm still under, you know, it. 10 years into the journey, it's there's always a deeper lesson to be learned and to go deeper into it, which kind of brings me to what I've been studying lately with um, I was studying I finished my studies of native shamanism. And then I was like, well, that's just one half of my ancestry. Let's dive into Celtic shamanism. And then I started learning Celtic shamanism. And and that brought me to the fae and, and the fairy and uh, different realms in there. And it was funny because it's almost like I realized I just went to the same place that I always go, just through a different door. <laughs> and it you know it's like it's all connected and um so that's when i realized that if you look at all the ancient cultures uh you know the ancient assyrians and sumerians they had winged creatures and then we look at the Greco-Roman society. They had sirens and harpies and, and muses and different things that had wings. And then then the Celts had the Fae. And then, you know, it just keeps going. And Native American people had the star people that were winged and beautiful. And they're all talking about this type of race that I feel existed at one point. And it's, it's a lesson also of learning how to get back to that point of, okay, we are the human race that have had our wings clipped, so to speak. How do we get back our wings? And so for me, I found while I was doing meditations and talking with these beings that do have the wings, I started seeing they weren't wings as I thought they were wings. It was more of an energetic, like, like vortex around them. And I was like, well, I have that. That's my chakra system. (laughs) You know, and that's my energetic system. And so as I started working on that, and they were helping me see things, I realized I could go deeper in higher dimensions by working on myself. And I think we talked about this in the first podcast about the Merkaba and learning about how to crystalline and and solidify your energy so that it appears in the physical realm and it opens awareness of perception to you for what's there. Because even science tells us that we only perceive with our physical senses what is it 0.001 of what is actually happening
0: well okay so let's get into that for one second let me cut in (laughs) the wing clipping idea because Mm -hmm. all right so what happens when you put light through a prism is you get seven colors in a in a spectrum but prism it fractures it (laughs) Prism, yeah, fractures it. A prism is phonetically similar to a prison. And we are the humans, the seven-color chakra system. But mathematically, we know there's actually nine integers, not seven. So eight is the infinite, and nine is the self. Eight is an infinity tilted over. A Seven is the decline of the soul. If you look at it, it's like hitting a downward arc. So th- think about this, guys. What are the other two colors of the seven color system? It would be white and black, the ones that we pretend black, don't exist, yeah. but they're the ones that bring in the deepest level of the conflict. And the wings are your left and right sides. And the black and white are the extreme Ooh. left and the extreme right. So the sacred masculine and divine feminine are what have been clipped, are what is damaged. And that's what keep, keeps us from accessing the higher levels of our spiritual capacities Mm -hmm. is that entire dynamic. It's what we would either be your generator or it would be your downfall depending on how your system was working.
1: Yes, exactly. And, and, you know, that's what the Faye were working with me on is that they were like, you're coming from a perception of that you're, you're broken or you're separated, but you're not and and it's funny they're like you believe it so it is so and i don't know if you've ever talked to fae beings or those type of spirits in meditation or any journeys you've done but they they tell you the biggest nuggets of truth like right off the bat and it's like, like, there's no, um, you know, common courtesy or, you know, niceties like we have in our world. We're like, you know, hi, how are you doing? Like, they just jump into, you're not broken. You know? <laughs> yeah, And actually, you're like, well, I didn't even know I was asking that. But you're okay. completely
0: right, man. The, like the few times mm-hmm. I've had breakthrough experiences where I'm like talking to the giant face and it looks like it's made out of letters. And yeah. it's just like you are yeah. already everything that you think that you need to be. And it just like yeah. would repeat all the things that I already was that I believed I didn't have attainment to or wasn't yet. And it was like just rapid mm-hmm. fire telling me like everything positive that I already was. And I was like, okay. And that was one of my first realizations of like, okay, we really are like coming from this divine source and you can get there and see it and it can take any form or face and it's just a symbol, but we can get closer to it really. We can, we can, we can move closer to it at all times and it's infinite. What's fun is it's infinite stairs. You can keep moving closer and it's never quite there, but it gets more and more
1: like beautiful and
0: good feeling. More and more
1: infinite. (laughs) it's like tessellations is what it what it reminds me of you know it's just a it's the same thing but a beautiful different pattern that makes up the whole universe and it's just it's fascinating to start learning that and and realizing that you know our physical world teaches us especially through science and you know uh what we perceive as normal Uh, You know, what we should see and who we should be talking to for advice. You know, they think we should be going to professionals. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But that's human understanding. You know, humans are a forgetful race. Very, very forgetful. So I want to talk to somebody who remembers or who was there. And so that's what I seek for in journeys is going to ancestors and talking to them and getting their experience and learning from, <coughs> excuse me, and learning from different Perspectives. It's, it's kind of on a, another level of taking the human experience that we do here and seeing how the human us fit into the spiritual world. Cause I don't, I don't think very many Christians ask that, you know, how do I fit into all of this? You know, and that's where that sense of lack comes from is where do I fit in? And so once you go up there and you actually start experiencing it, which is what all the great gurus and teachers and, um, you know, beautiful, some even called saviors, uh, by the world have tried to teach us is that it's experiential. Don't take anybody else's word for it because they're going to be speaking from their perspective and you have to experience it in order. understand so that's what i love about the shamanic path is that you get to experience it you know it's not just somebody sitting there indoctrinating you it's actually experiencing with the spirits and that way there's no uh, human uh -uh, except for what you said it no human limitations on what is possible and what is possible to heal and what is possible to understand? Because a lot of the times in healing, it's just realizing that you have this illness or that sickness in order to help you learn. And the moment you learn the lesson, the illness fades away. It loses its power because it doesn't have a purpose anymore. It has served its purpose.
0: Yeah, so that's so why have I'm so to of- the human biofield right now, because this yeah. sound, sound healing biofield anatomy thing you seem to be able to even map out where in someone's energy field precisely in a location what energy stuck there represents emotionally and to their to their type of uh well it's about and when it happened. yeah so there's like a yeah, whole structure that we can get into and learn and we're just yeah. at the beginning of this and it's so it's so awesome actually like and- this is a great apocalypse. It's the best apocalypse ever. Even even the dark yeah. forces are just speeding up the lifting <laughs> of the veil for people. It's like a really amazing mm-hmm. year.
1: Yes. And and I think that's what's funny is I think I know they've got to be frustrated cuz they were like this was supposed to ruin them. And but what people don't realize is that we are the human. We are the winged, you know, the winged beings that we always talk about. And We're the Phoenix. So the more adversity and the more pressure you put on us, that makes the seven go from fractured to compacted diamond. And then we start to see and perceive the whole. And it's like what what was meant to break you will actually make you if you allow it. Because that's the funny thing is when I think I'm doing good, (laughs) <laughs> and I think I'm, you know, spiritually aligned, and I'm in the flow, it never fails, there will be a tower moment, if you want to go from the tarot imagery, a tower moment of shaking up your beliefs, and, sh- and or either, you know, pulling your foundation right out from under you, because you need to understand from a different perspective, and the moment you get comfortable, you're wrong. <laughs> That's what I feel like, especially with spirituality, because it's like the moment you think you understand, there's always another level. It's just like in school. You know, there's always a deeper way to go.
0: Yeah. In nature, nature is ambiguity. I <laughs> botched that word. But that's what nature is. When yeah. you see, see the deer out there. His name isn't Jim. He's just literally what no. he is apparent to your eyes, that expression. That's what he is, an expression and a property of nature. And that's actually what we are. And we, have a, we play a lot of pretend with fictions and artifice. And to a degree, that's okay. And we can keep certain boundaries that allow for the experience that we want to cultivate. So it's not about obliterating yeah. all boundaries. One of my transcendental experiences in my life was where I was like really raging against the machine. And I was like trying to destroy all the boundaries internally and what happened was like I got to experience what that really feels like and then I realized oh there's uh, I actually like Saturn (laughs) I actually want the limitations Mm -hmm. in certain places Uh, otherwise everything Literally, you lose your shit because your shit shit needs to be kept in a container to be like organized so you know where it's all at. And all of my insides came out of their containers and went to outside the container and it was a mess. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. Super useful. But for like at at the wrong time in my life, if I had had that experience, I would have been like, this is psychosis. It would have made you go
1: crazy. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, it would have made you go crazy. But I actually navigated
0: out of it and just was able to shift out of it. And it was through the realization of like, okay, accepting boundaries, just start building them back up again and let them fall into place. mm -hmm. And even focusing on the what was weird is even focusing on the letter D and the concept of division was a way that I like Mm. down downshifted this crazy frequency spike that I had had. (laughs) And it's all interesting
1: that a letter helped. yeah. Yeah, it's a half, it's a half circle. It's a letter. Be a
0: human for a while.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's fitting back into the the circle. I get it. I love that imagery. That's awesome. I've had a very similar experience. And it was where I was going up and up. And, you know, I was flying with my guides and I went up to the fourth dimension and then to the fifth dimension and then to the sixth and then to the seventh and then to the eighth and then to the ninth. And then they were like, this is as far as you should go. <laughs> and of course I'm like one more like one more come on we got 10 more minutes of meditation let's do this and they're like okay and so you know because they'll they'll let you do it if you ask because you know then you're asking as king right and um so they'll let you do it but they'll warn you you know there might be some side effects you're not ready for and it it was i it was that similar experience i it was like i was nothing there was no myself there was no uh it was all connected on a level of connection that I wasn't ready for, you know because then it was like I felt the entire world, the entire universe moving you know like a star quivering' uh, That's light years wild. away.
0: You went up to yeah. ten, which is actually one, and one is just yeah. a wannabe so, zero. That's why one has a zero at the beginning of it. It's actually one is talking yeah. about the hole, and the hole is also a mm-hmm. hole that you can fall into. It's a it's a black yep. hole.
1: <laughs> and it was and it, it was interesting because then the moment I went back down to nine, I saw the tree of life in Kabbalah. And how, you know, there's that, uh, I can't remember what it is called now that I'm saying this, um, but it's, it's the, the void. And basically the void is Isn't what you Malcuth? have to pass through. Malkuth, yes. And it's from knowledge to wisdom is you, all of us have, must pass through the void at one point in order to get to wisdom. And I think that's where a lot of us come into this feeling of uh, working through earthly. It might be issues Dyat, and, you know, actually.
0: Malkuth is the physical Dyat, plane. Yes. I think Diet's the yes, hidden Dyat. sphere. Yes, The Stuff hidden, the sphere, is what yep, you're the hidden about. sphere
1: of the void. So the yes. Yeah. that's. They were like, that's where you were. And I was like, oh gosh.
0: <laughs> Did you ever watch Avatar The Last Airbender? This is a random question. Yes. Did you watch the spin-off yeah, show course. Legend of Korra? I did. Okay. Do you remember that guy who was like the supposed to be a villain, but he was this wild anarchist guy and he was an airbender mm-hmm. and he learned how to fly and he had this mantra that was just like enter the void and then he could fly. Mm-hmm. That show yeah. is telling you some deep stuff right there because yes. – like. At the core level in pure unity, one and zero become the same thing. And that's what I was trying to refer mm-hmm. to when you get to the top of 10. Well, and you're one actually and zero one. is
1: I-O. Uh, oh. Because yeah, zero is actually the first integer
0: Also I-O. Yeah, yeah. That, that gets into mm-hmm. uh, the entire name for God, Jupiter or Jupiter and all kinds yeah. of other yeah. names for God. But or for the, the most high or the sun, technically, the son of God, the S-U-N. But man. Mm-hmm. That whole that whole concept of realizing one and zero aren't different, I think, is part of how you get your wings back in a way to like ground that knowledge into in the Malkuth realm, (laughs) in the physical plane.
1: Well, and it's it's almost like you have to allow your brain to experience that cognitive dissonance in order to realize that it is antithesis of everything you've been taught. It, it, it should not exist. Like it, it should not, but it does, you know. And it's like one and zero, you know, mathematically we're taught they're not the same. They're very different. You know, zero is nothing and one is one of something. And then, you know, but that's not the truth because zero is the whole and one is, l- it's just so confusing. Well, at the, at the deepest <laughs> level, really get of what into like the
0: gods are or what the primary forces of the universe are it starts to just look like, well, you could say human genitals, but it's like a pole in a hole. It's like a receptive mm-hmm. and a thing to act on the receptive and plug into yeah. it. And then when you've turned, if you take the thing that is the one and you turn it sideways, it becomes, you could make it look like a circle or a hole. It's just like the that, yeah. that concept of truth <laughs> is depending on your perspective, the one or the zero, depending on what, if you're getting underneath the one and yeah. looking up at it, it could look like a point or 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 whatever. It's a point yeah. and a line is another way of looking at this. But I think what brings it together is the concept of the Trinity. Once you have a point, a line, and a shape, that's where like... Um, 3D. Consciousness can, <laughs> consciousness can come in. Exactly. You have that third mediating yeah. neutral point between the uh, point and the line. Well, okay. So we're getting a little in the weeds and this is a good place to be, but I wanted to go back sure. to this. Um, talking about fairies or the fae or how, yes. do you encounter them? how how like if you want to talk about how people can maybe try to encounter that for themselves that'd be cool maybe in I, the second hour we could talk about where you first started yeah. getting exposed to these ideas that'd be
1: pretty cool sure yes i would love that Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Are we on the second hour already?
0: No, I think we're like Golly. we're like 45 minutes in. So uh, okay. would like, this would be a great place to, for the free audience, deposit some sort of uh, thing that they can t- like take home with them, you know, like something they could do okay, yeah. with themselves. That would be pretty well, awesome. I know in your, book, in your book, you have lots of exercises that you lay out for people. I know that you're good at teaching that kind
1: of stuff. Yes. Yeah, it, it's all about jumping in and experiencing it, and I think that comes from that mentality of the Fae. You know, we have so many myths and legends that make them very appearing very dark, you know, or tricky. Um, but the way you have to operate with them is you have to realize that in our three D world, we do deal with this duality of good and evil, and that is the root of all suffering. Is that duality. And when you're going into the Fey realm, they don't have that. They don't have 3D. They're, they're on a different level of understanding. And so you almost have to go in there without that knowledge and come in as an innocent child you know throw yourself knowing that the universe is going to catch you it's that energy of the zero the fool and just saying you know what (laughs) you know it says don't do this but i'm gonna do it and just jump in and see what happens because you realize that things that have been vilified are usually 11-11, by the way, I'm saying this right Dude, now. Dude, I just and noticed 11, it
0: was 11-11 right when you said that. <laughs> wow, you just <laughs> tripped me out because in my mind I was like, oh, 11-11, and you're like, eleven eleven. Sorry, sorry,
1: but damn. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we're all connected. <laughs> it's that, uh, you know, it's go, getting back to innocence and, and realizing that nothing can hurt you in the spiritual realm unless you let it. You know, and so the Fae, I think you have to look at it kind of from that innocence place, that place of uh, wonder and amazement and allowing something beautiful to unfold, even whenever your mind, your conscious mind, is trying to implant all of its fears on there. You know, I have to ask my subconscious, even if I go into the realms over there, sometimes it looks scary. And that's just because I haven't cleared out all my negativity like I should have, or I haven't been, you know, sitting with myself and doing the work. And so that comes out in the subconscious. And I think for early journeyers or early people that are trying to get into these dimensions and realms that's what they see and then they immediately turn around and run because it's terrifying but in some way that is a guardian and the the secret to getting through that guardian is telling yourself this is my conscious projection what is truly here you know what is what am i truly seeing and then allowing yourself to see beyond you, the way I like to explain it. Do you remember those like uh, magic, magic books, like that? You had to put like to your face, and you pull out, and then you could see the 3D image. It's kind of like you have to learn how to spiritually do that with your your spiritual eyes. Is learning how to look through what your brain's trying to put on there, and actually see what's going on, and that's whenever you unlock this huge, a realm for me the
0: shamanic path my, the shamanic journey is defocalization i learned this a long time ago this yes. is the this is the word yeah. for it because focalization or focusing heavily and uh, you do this every night when you sleep you defocalize so much that you totally mm-hmm. leave but focusing mm-hmm. is also what sharpens things into sh- definition and definition is yes. the opposite of ambiguity so You need to be in this space where you're allowing something to exist in an ambiguous, ambiguous state, because that's the -hmm. difference between love and fear. Like fear is the thing that constricts something down into one possibility. And we have to. Well, it's the death half of the wave, in a sense, It's the cutting part of the Mm -hmm. intellect. And it has a place in 3D, but it's like in those higher realms, like you're saying, you're actually like you're practically attacking them when you're like, this is what you are. You know,
1: you're like literally yes. doing
0: harm to what their potential is. And they'll is.
1: tell you, and they'll tell you, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> but, and, 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 and that's nice is because I like to say, well, what are you, what is your truest form? What do you feel comfortable looking like? You know, and try not to place your, uh, limitations on it. Um, that's, I think that's the easiest thing to know. And of course, um, Great times for devocation, de- I love that word, by the way, um, is uh, twilight when the sun is setting after you've been setting there, you know, taking in some of those good rays when they're healthy at a healthy angle and allowing yourself just to drift, you know, look at a beam of light and ask your mind, what if I was in that beam of light? And just go from there and just see where it goes, because that's where the Fae reside, in my opinion. Because the Fae are kind of, they work on behalf of what we call deity, you know, kind of keeping our 3D world in place. So you kind of got to get through the nooks and crannies in order to get to their realm. So... It's just, and I think that just stems from my curiosity as a child, you know, if there's a locked door, I'm going to find out what's on the other side. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> and it's very Alice you know, in Wonderland so, because you have to shrink down yeah. to fit through the doorway because the, the matrix, if you will, that we're in, and matrix is just a word for womb uh, mm-hmm, deep down. Yeah. So it's not like it's a bad matrix to be in. Just think of it like you're a, a baby godling in the womb and you're mm-hmm. trying to peek outside and be like, where am I going to be born into?
1: and that's okay like you're allowed to do that and it's funny that you bring up alice in wonderland not just from the you know the hat but remember the part where she meets them at the when, when she meets them at the tea party that's a lot what uh dealing with the fae is is like you don't have to journey to find them you put yourself in that mindset and in that space where you're open and they appear to you you know like they're they're already there they're like they'll even do we've been waiting for you like the moment you get there it's like they've already got the the whole table set they're ready they they have all the answers you need they have prepared like they knew this was coming because you know they're outside of that chrono saturn time construct so they can see you're coming out of it and going into their realm so it's very fascinating. Um, uh, it's it's just like, you know, Alice going through the tea party. The tea party was already set up. Everybody was waiting for her and she didn't even know she was expected. You know, that's the whole thing of the white rabbit of I'm, I'm late, I'm late for a very important date. That's her subconscious saying, hey, you're going to miss it if you don't follow me. And so you kind of have to allow yourself to open up to that perception and realize it's already there and just being aware of it is it's already set for you.
0: And that's super interesting because I'm thinking about the Cheshire Cat now. As a, because you're wearing this <laughs> Cheshire Hat cat or hat. <laughs> you're the cat. And my and I...
1: smile matches. Yes. I'm the cat in the hat because I'm a Leo. You're the cat in the hat
0: of a cat. You're the cat,
1: cat, cat. Oh, so meta. Know. Yeah, bro.
0: Uh, and also, we should talk about Lionsgate in the second hour because yes. that's a – Dude, today is powerful day. Holy shit.
1: Today okay. is a huge, powerful day.
0: But okay, so with the Cheshire Cat, obviously, like, the darkness scares people. They think there's creepy stuff in there, and they might see some glowing eyes – Looking at them yeah. through the darkness, and they're like, "Oh my God, what is that?" But actually, mm-hmm. if you look for the eyes and realize the eyes are your eyes, it's all the same mm-hmm. eye. Then you, then you mm-hmm. can also make out that it's grinning at you, and yeah, it's mischievous in there. It's going to play tricks on yeah. you if you allow yourself to be fooled. But as the right. as the fool who is also the magician, both at the same time. You can, yeah. you know, you're, you are aware of all the things that the magician is aware of, but you're as innocent as the fool. That's, I think, the mm-hmm. sweet spot right there. Because where the yes. magician gets into trouble, if he loses touch with the fool, the magician's like, I command all these elemental forces of reality and I am this great <laughs> wizard and I will ch- just basically control the external through my power. And then you're back in the land of uh, the the pathological narcissist. And that's where you were trying to get away from, or hopefully that's what you were trying to get away from. And again, to the prayer thing, like trying to control things instead of just trusting nature, trusting source. It's all really like the trust is where the balance is and it's trusting yourself, trusting spirit. Uh, not necessarily trusting people in the external world that you know aren't trustworthy, that's a different thing, you know, but trusting right. that you're in the right place at the right time and equipped to deal with any of the things that come out, even in these, especially in these um interversal realms that you are talking about exploring. And essentially, it's like shamanic journey mm-hmm. work is what... This process you're describing. Yeah,
1: is. well, it's it's called like a vision quest shamanic journey. I even say meditation because it's like it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Different vocabulary. Daydreaming. Every culture has it. Daydreaming. I mean, we all do it. Zoning out to television. We do it. Zoning out to games. Driving and not television. remembering how you got somebody, yeah, television. Oh, wow. They tell you a vision. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Deep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so like, but that's letting them tell you, I think it's even more beautiful whenever you open up and let the universe tell you a vision, you know? Exactly. (laughs) And I think that's why so many of us uh, get so caught up in shows is because we want more and more and more. And because it tells part of that, fundamental story that all of us go through. It's like the tarot, you know, once you unlock the human experience journey, it's so easy to be a divin, you know, to be an oracle or divination because you just look at someone's energy and you're like, Oh, you resonate with this path. This is where you're at right now. It's not saying you can't go either direction or wherever you need to go. It's just, this is what's happening right now because of your energy. Yeah, hey, kind of like hour, what you were saying. Oh, go ahead. No, kind of like what you were saying with the uh the frequency and sound healing, you know? It wh- whatever resonates with you is what is for you. Yeah.
0: Oh man, okay. So this is ex- we're at the end of the first hour, which I'm sorry everyone that isn't going to be able to hear the second hour. I hope maybe you change your mind that, uh-huh. about that and decide you can because we're going to get into some fun stuff, but I wanted to check if we have time for it, would you be interested in doing some kind of oracle divination with us in the second hour? You got the deck. He's got the deck, everybody. We're going to have an awesome time <laughs> in hour two. You you all really should get in there. Um, I mean... That's where all the juicy stuff is always at. Support the show. Support uh-huh. independent creators. Uh, create this energetic feedback loop between us and you. It's it's worth it. And also support people yeah. like Bradley that you know or just straight up go buy Bradley's book. That's a really good way you can support him and get great Experiential practice out of it because he's got so many awesome exercises and things that you can do, and such great perspectives in his book. And mm-hmm. did you get the second one out yet? Am I did I miss that? Yeah, it it is oh.
1: available. Um, it's Dang. called Wildfire and Earth heart, soul, spirit. It's okay. It's cool. Um, it's available on Amazon, uh, in paperback and Kindle edition. Um, and like I said, it's wildfire and earth, heart, soul, spirit. And basically if you go to Amazon and just type in Bradley Philpot, you'll find it it's there. (laughs) I'm the only author with that name. Tell us about the second
0: book before we wrap up the first hour and all the ways people can connect with you, work with you, support you. Because we talked about the first book a lot in the first conversation and now I'm going to add that Mm -hmm. to my list and um, enjoy that as well. I've got a great book list right now. It's crazy. If I get through it by the end of the year, (laughs) I'll be so proud and I'm, I'm gunning for that.
1: Um, Yes. All right. Um, the second book, uh, mainly deals with, uh, because in the first book, uh, the fool's journey, it was more of my path of self-discovery and helping others walk that path of self-discovery. And so in that, I used the, uh, major arcana of the tarot from zero, the fool to 10, you know. The Wheel of Fortune. And then in Wildfire and Earth, Heart, Soul, Spirit, we start at number 11 and we go up to 21, the world. You know, we go through the same phase of the fool, but it's on a higher level of understanding. And so I broke down how my work and ministry in the Christian church actually worked as my foundation for shamanic training. And, you know, why I was able to shift so quickly and easily into uh, shamanic ministry is because I was already a minister at heart. You know, I had that foundation of knowing how to touch people, knowing music. You know, I was a worship minister. So I, you know, innately knew music was the way to reach the divine, you know, because we've all said in church, and I wish it could just be a worship service. You know what I mean? Where it was just singing. The pastor doesn't need to come and talk. God's going to (laughs) talk or spirit's going to talk. So for me, that's the way I felt in church. And so it's my journey of moving from the church into my own spiritual path. And a lot of how when I opened that perspective and shifted that perspective, all of the answers were already there waiting for me from the way I grew up, the way my family does specific, you know, rituals and ceremonies throughout the years. And just thinking, you know, we're growing up Christian but not realizing how many beautiful ancient truths and secrets remained because they're, they're able to you know stand the test of time and they're passed down from grandfather to you know, grandson and son and so on and so forth. They're just shared in that way of it's tradition and they don't question why they do it. <laughs> and that was a huge growing up in, you know, I grew up in Northwest Arkansas, but I grew up in a smaller community to where it's almost very isolated. And so there's a lot of that folk magic and and uh folk understanding that to me is sometimes wiser than the urban understanding. <laughs> because they're closer to nature, we're Maybe closer to where sometimes. It. <laughs> A lot. Of yeah, times, for sure. Yeah, it it's because, you know, we have to like like your example of the snake, when you grow up in a rural area, you have to be very aware of the dangers that are there. You know, coyotes, snakes, rabid dogs, <laughs> all kinds of other creatures that you're constantly on the lookout for. And while realizing those are a part of your world, there's also this beautiful forest that yes, those things exist in there, but You have to walk past them to see the beauty of the forest. And if you're always afraid of walking past those things and thinking they're going to be there, you're going to miss everything that the forest has to offer. Yeah, man. So That was was my understanding in that second book. I just really dove deep into what I truly think I, I learned growing up where I grew up. So that's why it's called heart, soul, spirit.
0: (laughs) That's cool because it's like the internal journey and then the external journey. When you look at the two sets of Mm ten in the major arcana, yeah, that'll be fun—a fun and then
1: begin again. You know, because you get the world card and it's the big circle, so you're back to zero. And then what's next? Oh, one magician, and you move forward on the next set of understanding. (laughs) Amazing.
0: Okay, well, we're going to cut yeah. over to hour two people support Bradley, connect with Bradley. Actually, you didn't quite explain like how people can work with you. And I'd love to give you some time for oh, that, yeah. too. That's no problem.
1: Okay, um, well, you can connect with me on Wildfire and Earth on basically all across social media. So I'm um, Wildfire and Earth on YouTube, Wildfire and Earth on Facebook, Wildfire and Earth on um Instagram and the wildfire in earth at gmail.com is my email if you want to reach out. But you can also find my phone number to my business phone number to reach me on all of those websites as well. So I try to put out YouTube videos pretty routinely. Um, I just kind of do it whenever spirit directs me to (laughs) like I'll plan to do a video and it never works out. It's just whenever spirit wants me to have make the video it just happens
0: uh lucky for me spirit wants me to make podcasts a lot but sometimes i plan on it and (laughs) i just have to cancel because sometimes it's not that time to do it not in flow it's not
1: (laughs) the right time yeah
0: all right so what can they do with you if they connect with you
1: okay well i am a, a sui reiki master um i'm also uh certified in fairy reiki which is new and I found just randomly by happenstance, and it's pretty incredible and really fun. It deals with a lot of colors and and different mantras that you can do to help you unlock some some of that innocence and reconnect with your inner child. Because I think the fae realm is all about inner child healing. And and healing that, you know, who you were before the world got a hold of you. And so then I also, of course, do shamanic journey, which uh, is soul retrievals, um, extractions, different things like that. And I also do sound healing because a big part of my life is music and singing. And so even when I'm doing Reiki or even whenever I'm doing shamanism, song and beat and rhythm is always coming into it. So this is the sound healing part is like a concentrated version of that sound. And I just, you know, I just, I sing over you and I sing you home and I remind you the song of your soul and how even in disharmony, there's beauty and, and it's all trying to align. It's all going to resolve somehow through sound. So it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Sound healing's big on my topic list right yeah. now. I mean,
1: we kind I- of got into it at the same time.
0: <laughs> I know. I love how that synchronicity works. You should get <laughs> one of these so uh, Sonic Slider tuning forks from Eileen Day-McCusick at biofieldtuning.com. I'll show you it in the second hour mm-hmm. so you can see what it looks like and how it works. But sure. OK, we, we're we're going to for real this time. I always like get ahead of myself, but for real this time, we are going to cut over to hour two. So thank you, Bradley, and look forward to talking to you there. Thanks, everyone, for thank listening. Thank you
1: for having me.
0: All right. We did it. Finished another one, and this one was really good, of course. Bradley is a super homie of mine. I hope you go support him or at least connect with him on social media, maybe even work with him. Uh, just throw him a donation or buy his book. His book is really good. He actually has two now. I need to get around to reading the second book. You know, want to know something really nice about Bradley? He's just a low-pressure dude, and I think as a healer, that is really important because... He doesn't look at it like it's my job to fix you. I've got to do it. He's just like, if you want to come work with me, let's. I'll help you see some stuff. But I'm not. He, he doesn't seem to be like a chaser. <laughs> for example, uh, you know, a chaser of needing people to do things for him in a way. Like he doesn't need you to heal for him. And I think that's really important. But an example would be in his second book, I had offered to him because I love to overreach and overstretch myself. I was like, hey, send me the the uh, chapters as you finish them, and I'll read through them and do some editing and help you out. And I probably read half of the first chapter back a year or so ago, whenever I told him I'd do that. And he never bugged me about it or like needed me to complete that. And of course, he obviously didn't need it, but it was cool because he didn't he took it as stride, Like we never talked about it again. He understands I'm busy. I understand that he's going to push forward with or without me. And I, you know, the intention to make that connection and help like that is cool. And it also didn't happen. It didn't need to happen. And he was cool about it. So, you know, that's what I mean. He's low pressure. There's probably a lot of ways that you could uh, notice that about him. <laughs> he's just really chill. And I love that guy. Really good friend of mine. In the second hour, if you didn't hear what we talked about in the plus extension, you missed out on the best stuff, I have to admit. Uh, It's often like that, that it gets juicier in hour two. But this time we talked about uh, the crazy physical evidence of Bradley being what you call a two spirit in Native American lore or mythology, what have you, has to do with a twin and really interesting story. He also, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that Bradley revealed about his family history in the second hour that was probably the most fascinating stuff, like that his family actually had very folk traditions where they would interact with the other side and the other intelligences. And I guess it goes back many generations and he has that type of stuff on multiple sides of his ancestry. He talked about his grandfather, who is a 33rd degree Mason and Revealed some Masonic mysteries and possible locked memories in himself. And that's just a really weird can of worms. There's a lot of amazing, magical occult connections between Bradley and his grandfather that made for a very cool story. We talked about Gematria of the Tetragrammaton, and we did tons of green language, word magic, code breaking And, uh, yeah, all around phenomenal. I mean, that's just a taste of what was in there. So if you want to hear the second hour, all you got to do is hop on patreon.com slash interverse and subscribe to plus, and you've got a hundred plus two hour episodes and you, you can just go with that. I mean, it's going to be awesome. You're going to be entertained and you're going to be informed for a long time. Even if you just pick and choose the ones that seem the best to you, you definitely will find a lot that speaks to you in those archives. And I'm very proud of the work that's gone into it. And I think a $5 a month subscription is a pretty reasonable ask for what you get, especially considering, I mean, I've used this example already recently, but it seems to be a good example. So I'm going to use it again, which is that if you're at a restaurant, you tip probably five bucks to whoever it was was serving you food. And they're only serving you food for that one hour or so that you're at the restaurant. But for me, I'm offering not only all the stuff that came before, but four or five episodes a month for that $5. So it's like getting five meals for the cost of one tip, (laughs) something like that. I don't know. But it'd be great to have your support because I really want to move forward in making this show more of a full-time endeavor for me. And that means I got to get out of the nine to five that I'm in on four days a week. And I know you guys can help me. You've already helped me a lot. Uh, Thanks to your help, I was able to purchase that brand new intro music you heard, which I talked about more in the previous episode with Athen. But yeah, that was all funded by listeners, that original production. So where I can, I want to use that support you show me to give back to uh, other creators in that, that way. Like it would be really cool to someday have several original songs that were for the show by producers and to have maybe some like new logo art or new art for the website something like that by a professional graphic designer. I mean, I dabble in all these things, but it'd be really cool to pay a professional and have multiple visions converging in the podcast. So yeah, support on Patreon if you want to do that. It'd be really awesome if you did. And I appreciate everyone who's already doing it. There's other ways to support the show besides Patreon though. You can get on the website, interversepodcast.com and find the shop link. If you want to get a t-shirt or a poster, you can go to the Secret Energy affiliate link. Secret Energy is uh I always put the link in the show notes, and it's an amazing metaphysical shop where you can get all kinds of supplements and tools to assist you on your purification of that body temple and bring in the divine within. Tons of free resources on that website too. Lots of metaphysical knowledge and a great community community. It's actually like a social media site. So you can find other spiritual seekers that are near you if you want to turn on the geolocator. I love Secret Energy. I'll talk about it a lot more in the future, and I have a lot in the past, and very inspiring. So go check that out in the show notes as well, the link to that. You could also go leave an iTunes review if you use the Apple iTunes podcast app. A five-star review on there will help new people find the show, and that's free for you to do. So that would be awesome. And if you want to connect with the tribe, get into the Discord. Discord is a private chat server that we've got for the podcast community. And I know Discord is kind of a, doesn't sound like a good name, sounds like a lack of harmony or lack of a chord, but you could also look at it as uh, cutting ties, cutting cords, cutting bonds. So use it how you will. Right now, the community on Discord is amazingly supportive and helping each other, sharing all kinds of knowledge. It's a total treasure trove. So I'd love to see you in there, get in there. I do some chatting in there myself. I share pictures of my dog. It's a lot of fun. Um, But also don't forget Bradley's social media profiles before we leave. Go support him. Follow Wildfire and Earth on Instagram or Facebook. And uh, maybe look to him for some counseling or magical coaching, energy healing. I'm sure he can do all kinds of things for you. And he's got a YouTube channel. I'll link that in the show notes too. And I'm going to play us out with Drum Spider. Played Drum Spider before on the show, but it's an awesome fusion of Celtic traditional sounding music with an electronic music twist with the more bass, basically. And it seems fitting because we talked about a lot of things related to both his and my Celtic ancestry, Druidic tradition, family lines that I'm sure both of us come from and probably a lot of you out there. I mean, we're also mixed up these days as far as genetics go. I'm sure that we've all got ancestors everywhere. And that's why we're all one family at the end of the day. But it'd be nice if we could get our family reunified with the the part of our family that's on the other side, because a lot of the things that have to do with the fairy world or the, the elves or the gnomes or the dwarves or whatever, on a metaphysical sense, are also connected to our ancestors. And those type of spirits seem to work together or maybe even be kind of the same thing. I don't know. But connect with your ancestral roots, connect with your ancestral power. It can only help you achieve wholeness to start learning traditions that might be encoded into your DNA at the very least knowledge about it is useful but I'm gonna get out of here it's been an awesome show I love Bradley love you guys enjoy the drum spider and I'll talk to you all soon